Hi, I'm Tennille. And I'm Kelsey. And we're financial advisors from Allman Partners True Wealth, bringing you thought-provoking conversations around you, your money and your life on the Wealth Experience Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Wealth Experience Podcast. We have a special guest again today who's going to tell us all about the world of marketing. So listeners, if you're struggling with your own business marketing or perhaps just seeking ways of just doing it better, then this one is for you. So with no further ado, we are joined today by Jade McCauley, Director of Rebel Nation. Jade is a media marketing and public relations guru. I hope I've got that right. And of course, the guru part. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we think so in comparison to us. (laughs) And you also have your own podcast um, too called Marketing and Margarita. So Jade, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. No worries. Thanks so much for having me. I should probably just check, is this a no cussing podcast? Uh, we have a mm. relatively professional uh, brand, so yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll try <laughs> and keep my, my um, myself in, in control today, just for you, Tanil. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jade, tell us a little bit about who are you? What makes you tick? Um, who am I? What makes you tick? That's really broad. <laughs> um, well, I guess for the most part, I am very much a business focused person. So I have spent a big chunk of my life in marketing, whether it was, you know, doing my degree and then building on my career, starting businesses. We realized actually this May, it'll be 10 years since I started my first business. Wow which was a business magazine and I'd never had a business and I started a magazine about business. So (laughs) that was smart. (laughs) You can have an anniversary party. (laughs) That's what my nephew's like. He's like, what are you going to do for this? I'm like, nothing. (laughs) Let it pass by. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Not tell anyone about it until I go into a podcast and bring it up. Well, guess what? We're going to call you out. (laughs) I want to see it. I want to see the first version of it. So, yeah. So, and that was, so like I said, 10 years ago, sort of thing, getting into business and, now we've got like a team of 10 and a um, couple of different businesses sort of under the the main sort of still marketing um, umbrella. But yes, it's been a very interesting journey. I feel really lucky though. I, weird the things that just come to you while you're on a podcast of all things. But <laughs> just thinking back the amount of people, like I went straight from high school into uni and I deferred for a bit, then I went back and did comms and stuff. But the amount of people who deferred and never went back or the amount of people who've done a degree that they don't use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, I actually use my degree. Like, that's pretty unusual. That is great. but Probably not unusual th- in your, for you guys. That's probably well, pretty common. Uh, we have no. career changes. Yeah. We have a lot of career changes yeah. at the end of financial planning. So. Yeah. We find that a lot in, in, um, in uh, the other one's probably law. Lots of people switch, switch in and out of law, so they'll do the degree and then mm-hmm. maybe they don't actually... Um, stay in it. We've seen that a fair bit, and Which then they'll come across. The industry is intense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're like you know playing on social media and and writing websites and stuff like that. Like law is like people's lives in your hands. That's right. Mm-hmm. But did you go to uni as a full time student, or were you? No, mine was part time. So yeah, I did uni full time for a year, and then I deferred for the six months. And then I went back full-time for, like, another six months. But I also had a full-time job by that because I'd been working full-time while I was deferred. Yeah. Full-time uni and full-time job. Like, I know a lot of accountants and stuff do that. I don't know how they survive. It was pretty (laughs) brutal. Difficult. (laughs) I love that. Look at you go. I am trying so hard. It's been, like, five times already. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, and so then when I was doing my actual comms degree, um, I went part-time from there sort of thing. And so I don't think I actually graduated until 
or you know how like you finish but then you graduate six months later or something because it's like when that thing yes. comes up so I think I finished 2004 but the graduation was 2005 or whatever and then yeah went straight into marketing and so what job were you doing um full-time whilst you were at uni was it related or no, no, was, I was it just a receptionist for a building certifier yeah of all yeah. things it was so good because like I would go in and be like you know super efficient and like I cleaned up all of their database and their filing system and their contact, you know, their CRM and all this kind of stuff. And by the end of it, I would be like going in and be finished at like 10 a.m. and calling my boss. And they had like five locations. He was in Cairns. I'd call my boss and be like, I've done everything (laughs) as well as everything else, as well as some other people's stuff. Can I do my uni work? And he'd be like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I did a lot of my uni assignments and stuff at work. It was great. Well, there you go. (laughs) That's a double win. (laughs) Well, I guess because with admin, it's sort of that process sort of style or whatever was, you know, once you kind of get on top of it, it was easy for me sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So how was Rebination then born? Um, so I was working at council when I first started my first business, which was completely approved and sanctioned by my bosses because I'm a good girl most of the time, despite what people think. (laughs) Um, and I started getting a lot of requests for freelance work. So it's sort of like, cause what I had was a magazine and people Mm -hmm. were like, oh, you know, you can write and, and, you know, build websites and things. And I was like, sure. And so like, oh, can you do this for me? I'm like, Sure. And then I was saving... I'm seeing a theme here. There's a lot of yes going on. I'll just do that. <laughs> Why not? If an opportunity comes up, you just say yes. And then afterwards, you freak the hell out about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was saving for an America trip with my cousin. And then it was like Christmas time. And I said to her, I'm like, mm, I love you, but I'm thinking I might use that savings to start a business instead. <laughs> and so it was February... Oh, golly, if it was 2014, oh, that's right, the 10 years, um, that I, oh, no, it would be in February 2015, maybe. Oh, God, I can't remember dates. I'm useless. <laughs> um, I finished up at council and started working for myself as rebel marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I was two years into being self-employed, and it was October or November 2017, and Kylie Porter from Out of the Blue Marketing, who I was on chamber committee with but otherwise had not sort of been in her orbit and very much she was like the chair and super powerful, like, you know, knows everything kind of person where you're just like in awe and you're just sitting there as this little kind of (laughs) newbie chamber committee member going, I don't know what I'm doing. I work for council. Why am I even here? Um, And yeah, she just rang me up and I'd had a couple of other local agencies ring me and say, hey, if things get too much for you, we can just take the extra work and stuff or whatever. And I'm like, cool, thanks. Um, you know, if you get any jobs that are too big for you to handle, Jade, we'll do it for you. I'm like, that's great. <laughs> so I thought she was calling to do one of those. So I was really just like, hi, KP, how are you going? And she's like, yeah, cool. So I was just wondering if you'd like to buy my agency. And I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> yes. I mean, due diligence and checking things. Yes. Um, so, yeah. 1st of January 2018 is when I took the agency. Took the agency, not took it. <laughs> and it passed over into my ownership. There we go, that's more professional. And then um, we had the two brands coexisting for a year. So we had Out of the Blue and Rebel Marketing mm-hmm. side by side sort of thing, like just going through that merge process and transitioning clients and getting all of the back end hoopla sorted because that's super fun. Um, and then we, as a team, we did 
um, what we would normally do for a client, do our brainstorming, double checking ASIC, all that kind of stuff. And we decided on Rebel Nation. Mm. And so that is the long-winded story of how Rebel Nation was born. Oh, I think that's really interesting because it seems like, you know, you kind of just threw yourself into it and yes. just learned <laughs> that's along kind of the my way. Calling card. Yeah. <laughs> and I think um, it would be really interesting to know from you, Jade, because of that reason, obviously you didn't have a business background prior as such, but you did start a business magazine. Um, so you <laughs> so must have had some knowledge, right? Maybe so I, yeah, natural I talent. F- I'd had a few businesses by the time I'd bought the agency. So yeah. there was a little bit more experience before actually taking it on. I'd never had staff. Mm-hmm. I'd never had an office. Mm. Yeah. So going was any of So was any of that daunting to you or were you just yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to do this? No, no, of course it was daunting, but it was <laughs> way more exciting than it was daunting. And I'm pretty much like I've got really good support networks and really wonderful mentors, et cetera. Um, a couple of the mentors I had at the time, I'm not sort of really in their circles and stuff anymore, but there was very much a big thing from – the support network around me that was, no, don't do this. You're a crazy person. I don't think you've thought it through. (laughs) (laughs) So, and I was very much, but I want to. Mm. And so I will. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So glass half full kind of approach. Is that how you you approach life? Yeah, I guess so, man. I just, I'm just a really, I'm a very immature person. If I want something, I will get it. (laughs) There is not much in life that I've wanted that I've not gotten. And it's been a really... Because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, it just makes me worse. I think I, 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 I don't. <laughs> I can see you both sound like I, I don't think that's don't how think, life should work out. No, I'm no, actually I sitting here going, I don't think that's immature. I oh. think <laughs> yeah. I think it's kind of childish to just be like, if I want it, I get it. <laughs> it's um, I mean, it's definitely. It's, I'm like, it but, gets me in hot water. Like, I, it's definitely problematic at times, etc. Um, you know, I'm terrible with money, for example, because I'm very much a. Oh, I want this trip to Italy. I'm just booking it. <laughs> but, you know. But you make things happen, right? So yeah. Well, that's it, man. And it's sort of – and, like, I definitely got knocked down a peg or two a couple of years ago. So I went through a big health issue. I had a thyroid thing. Um, it knocked me out for about six months. Then I had surgery to correct it and then coming back from that. So I've definitely experienced the um, – like, you know, I almost lost the business. That was really challenging you know, working really hard for the year to come back, then almost losing it again. Like it was, it's not like a, everything does just work out super nicely and sweetly. Mm. Um, but I think part of that, like I say, when I want something, I go for it. It's just, I'm really, I'm very persistent. Mm. So it seems like in the, do you, are you able to share what happened for you when you were going through those hardships in terms of um, how, did, how did you get the business back out of that, that space yeah, of yeah. time? You know, um, I swallowed my pride. Mm. So I have quite a big ego in a way and I have a lot of difficulty asking for help. Mm. And so one of the biggest things that when I was sick, um, especially because in the lead, like, you know, they book your surgery in mm. and it wasn't um, – emergency so it was months away sort of thing and I was one of my symptoms was like chronic fatigue yeah um and also just like irritability not having interest in things anymore aches and pains all this kind of stuff so like at the start making it through to five each day was really hard yeah and then making it through to three o'clock each day was really hard and then I would you know finish at 12 and go home for a sleep and then try and work a bit more so I had to rely on the team so much and like there were times when I couldn't drive and stuff because I was just, we were like worried about me being so out of it and everything. Mm, like, mm. so the period leading up sort of taught me a lot of humility and, and reaching out to people. And so then when it came back, I was like, do I want this business? 
that was the first thing. Like, is this actually, like, don't just be bullheaded and go after something because that's what you think you should do or that's what other people think you should do. Is this still something I really want? And because for that, you know, especially that last six months, one of the symptoms was literally not having any interest or passion in every, in anything. Yes. So it was really feeling dialed out of stuff or whatever. Um, and so, and I'm very... There's a lot of things in life where I'm very decisive. I'm very quick to move on things once I've made a decision. And I was just like, no, hell no, I want this. And so then I was like, cool, I've got a great support network of people who want to help me out. A lot of my friends are clients. Um, and I also have a lot of really close business relationships. So I, for the first time in my life, did sales. And so I just rang people and were like, hey, um, you know, we're a bit low on workflow, et cetera. Obviously, me being out of the business hasn't helped. I don't want you to bring anything that you're not already intending to do. But if you've got projects that you have been thinking about on the back burner, can I have a chance to quote on it? Mm. And so basically just actually called people to generate work and it just came through. But then because we got so busy and I wasn't really like I was still recovering and not really being present in the normal way that I am sort of thing so I wasn't going to networking things and I just wasn't doing meetings and stuff as much and just you know all that kind of general stuff we sort of sank down again yeah um but then again just like was like oh I need to be more visible I need to be out there when I'm out there like you go to a networking function and literally over the next few weeks we'll have a bunch of inquiries like it's not hard yeah. you know so well not far so I don't mean like that for everything but it's um yeah so it was basically just asking for help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it's really powerful because Kelsey and I speak um, to our listeners a lot about your why. And so there was a big part of that that I heard loud and clear about you kind of going, well, why am I doing this? Am I doing Is this? Is still what I want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you need to have that kind of critical thinking on things for all kinds of aspects of your life. You know what I mean? It's sort of like I know people who will book a big trip or whatever and it's like, oh, are you excited? And they're like... Yeah, and I'm like, is this really what you want to be doing? Like, are you just doing it because you think you should mm. sort of thing? Or if, like, you know, if you're in a house that you no longer f really love, like, go find something. Like, I just, yeah, I'm not very good at if I don't really want to be doing something to just keep doing it for the sake of it. Yeah. I've really got to have heart and stuff. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I just get bored, and when I get bored, I get naughty. So it's really best <laughs> that I'm always coming up with ideas and stuff because otherwise we'd all probably be in a bit of trouble. <laughs> no, I think it's great. We talk a lot about putting that that heart and the and the smart with those goals. So you know, uh, when when we're talking about goal setting, it's about well, what what is a motive about that for you? If you achieve that, how's that going to make you feel? Mm -hmm. um, and that's incredible that you're having those kinds of conversations and that thought process when when you're making decisions for your life. Well, thank um, you, to me. I'll, I'll take any <laughs> from someone who's pretty much more of a grown-up than I am. <laughs> oh, my goodness, mm. I'm so old. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm older than you. <laughs> uh, so it's it's great for sharing. Uh, can you tell us where what's next then? So you've, you, you've, yeah. you're up to this point now. What, what What's ahead for Rebel Nation? Um, so, our, so when we rebranded as Rebel Nation, it was very much about being a digital marketing agency. Like that was the positioning statement that we took um, back in uh, 2019, that was. Um, and that's seen us through really well. Um, we still do, like, you know, traditional media and, and billboards and business cards and shit like that for clients. But 
it is very much we're known for that digital side of things. And so alongside of that, growing more and more has been the training side of things too. Um, so when I was sick, we brought out our digital marketing training side, which is bridged digital learning. Mm-hmm. So like bridging the gap between people's knowledge, etc. cetera. Um, and that was something that was sort of sitting there that I never got back to properly because I then had to deal with all of the agency thing that I nearly blew up. Um, but now that that's coming good again, so end of last year, we started working on Bridge in a big way again. So we've got, I can't say it just yet, which I always hate because I'm so <laughs> always that person who just say tell it. things. <laughs> <laughs> I have from a mentor that I have very loose lips when it comes to ideas and she's like, you need to knock that shit down. Um, but yeah, so we do have something coming up soon and it is going to be on that digital marketing um learning aspect but we're also which is quite scary just especially because we're just considering about how much business experience i do or don't have it's going to have some business coaching element along with it as well um so i've always done mentoring um whether it's through programs or unofficially and stuff with people um but now like i've done actually like a couple of specific business mentoring um, structured sort of things that I've just created the structure, put it together, and then the person on their end has just been like, holy dooly. So I'm like, huh, maybe other people would enjoy this also. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And not obviously business coaching as in like, here's how to structure a company properly. You know, and like that, obviously that's, you go to experts and stuff for that. But more I think from that whole, like you were just saying, like figuring out what you want and then, again, for me it's easy to just go after things, but the more and more I... I the older I get, the more I realise that that's not a common, super common trait in people. Mm, yeah. um, so kind of giving people that encouragement, but also not being stupid about it. You know what I mean? Like, it, you don't just go after anything. Like, you're still, like, I'm not a dumbass. Like, I do things, you know, go after things that I think really matter and stuff. So, yeah, helping other people to do that too. So that is coming soon. Um, but, yeah, with the agency that just keeps growing and growing like we're just signing retainer clients and crap all over the place without trying at the moment so that's really nice to have that bubbling along well Mm -hmm. um and so yeah freeing me up a little bit to get back into the teaching stuff because i just i really love showing people that they can they've got more potential than what they realize and they can do more than what they realize and their ideas are great they just need to know how to do it and then how to review it so they can keep improving it sort of thing um, so, yes, very excited to get into that big top secret thing that I'm not mentioning. <laughs> I, uh, I was hoping we'd get an exclusive for the <laughs> podcast, damn it. <laughs> but, Jade, if you could go back in time, because obviously you've got a bit of hindsight now, you've gone through, you know, all the different businesses and, you know, got a bit of experience. But if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice at the start, what would it have been? Um, I guess that's kind of difficult to say, because if I went back and tried to sway things, then I might not be where I am today and... Mm-hmm. I feel pretty damn good about where I am today. Um, I guess the biggest thing would be maybe the just, I guess, the um, it's okay to ask for help thing. I think that there are personally and professionally some mistakes I could have avoided if I hadn't had such a... And it's not even like a prideful thing in thinking I can do everything. I just don't like asking for help. Mm. I love helping people. I really like connecting people and sharing ideas and getting their shit going. I love that. But asking for help is just such a painful thing. So, yeah, if I was to go back to younger me, I would be like, get over yourself. (laughs) Everyone needs help occasionally. Even you, you dumbass. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's very commonality for a lot of our business clients to, to do that, you know, to the kind of people that will typically go out there and I'm, I'll I'll take it all on myself. I, I need to build this. Then I, I need to be the one to create them, you know, for for many of them. They're, they're not marketing experts, but I'll create the marketing plan and then mm. I'll, I'll bring in the lead generation and then I'll oh, train the staff and then I'll... You should see from back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I wasn't a numbers person. Yeah. yeah, that's what you think you have to... You have to, like, create everything from scratch and yeah. it's just like... I don't know. It's just a crazy sort of mentality and it's so unnecessary and it yeah. leads to burnout and sickness and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, it's so weird because when I first bought the agency, I was working six days a week, you know, 50, 60 hours a week, etc. It now, like most days I don't even see five o'clock because I have an appointment on and most of those appointments are like, oh, I've got to go to my sauna. So I'll catch you. <laughs> you know, like I'm so, I don't work, I'm working tomorrow because we're busy, but like I normally don't work, like I'm so lazy now, but it's just better. You know what I mean? Like because I've got a bigger team and I've, I've got support in different ways and stuff and it's, yeah, it's much better to have, like the, having people there is great, but actually letting people help you is also important. That's right. Um, and it creates that is hard. <laughs> <laughs> but it creates a sense of responsibility for them and they feel like they've got a, a real place in the business as well too. So, you know, this is not just Jade's business. This is oh. everybody's business that's working in it. So And we do. We have our team has I feel has such a sense of buy in in the business. Like so for example, I don't follow competitors and stuff like that and I don't sort of follow you know, who get what job and what kind of thing. So, like, we've got enough of our own stuff to worry about. But the team are in and then they'll see something. So just recently, like, someone's kind of copied our tagline a bit and I'm just like, oh, God, I couldn't care less. And they're all up and arms having this big hallway <laughs> conversation about it. And I'm like, it's okay, guys. No one actually cares. <laughs> they care you know like yeah, they've got a lot of pride in there. the business yeah they really do which is you know freaking awesome man. yeah exactly right no. very lucky when it comes to team yeah yeah no it's great and and knowing that what you can delegate out i think is really important and um on the subject of delegation mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about uh when people delegate to you for marketing purposes and we want to get some insight now about oh yeah are you just trying to get some free advice oh 100 percent. hundred percent. you know what it's like when people come and see us it's what stock is going to go, you know, yep. crazy north. So um, I'm not sure what every podcast <laughs> for me is about. I'm like, what do I want to learn about? Oh, I'll get them on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we, we really want to speak about um, how important getting a marketing plan actually is. Mm -hmm. um, so when when you're starting to develop that for a business, how what's the most typical um, scenario that you get to are people coming and just going, I, I don't, I, I'm at ground zero and I don't know where to start or they've got some ideas already and they're... Kind of a mix of both. So yeah. we generally get like whether it's someone who's been in business for 20 years and is coming to us or someone mm. who's just started up in the last few years sometimes they'll be like you know here's my wish list of things I'd like to do here's the things I've already been doing and other people will just be like um, our admin assistants doing our Facebook page I don't even know where our logo is and why would I have an idea about marketing because I don't like marketing mm -hmm. so we get a real kind of mix of things um, my process is pretty much always the same so it's basically knowing what your business goals are and that doesn't mean like I know from financial perspective you having a proper business plan is definitely a smart thing to do. I have my own business plan, etc. but I don't expect that from everybody sort mm. of thing. But most people sort of have an idea of where they want to take the business in the next three to five years, even if that's just maintaining what they have mm. sort of thing. 
So once we know what they're trying to achieve with their business, then it's what are the marketing goals that are going to support that? So one of the things people quite jump to is, oh, I, you know, for marketing, oh, we want more brand awareness, we want, want this or whatever. But it's like, what are you trying to do in your business? That needs to be stage one. So like if you're really hurting for staff, then one of your goals is creating a consistent ongoing recruitment pipeline. So it's not just about getting clients, it's about getting team members easily and frequently. So, you know what I mean? So really needs to have your marketing goals align with your business goals. Then you have your target market. So again, people quite often jump to their ideal customer and their target market and stuff. And I'm like, no, no, we have to go back to the marketing goals. Who are the different target markets that are going to help us achieve each of those goals? So that's where it's not just who's my ideal audience. It's what am I trying to achieve? Then who will help me achieve that? And then next is key messages. So what do I need to tell those people to achieve those goals? So that's my little trifecta for the start. Mm. And then from that, you work out what your baseline is. So what's the marketing stuff that's going to be happening consistently all year round for you? Things like, um, you know, your branding being up to scratch, having all your print collateral, your website, your socials. Um, It might be networking. It could be that you... um, run you know a certain client event every year or whatever that could be all of your baseline sort of stuff then you have like your extras on top so that can be your campaigns or a new thing that you want to launch and come out with or it's just some cool new idea that once we have the foundation set then you can have a play and do some cool different shit <laughs> um like you know like for like the client night's probably a good example like people like oh we really want to start doing a vip client night i'm like cool your logo and stuff is a complete mess or like we need to sort of this first before we do the big exciting shiny thing unless we have a pressing need for it sort of thing Um, And then it's your metrics. So going back to those goals again, both the business and the marketing goals, what metrics can we use to measure those? And then basically putting those into like a dashboard spready kind of thing. I say dashboard because that sounds cool, but it's really (laughs) just a spreadsheet with some tabs. Um, And because there's like, I mean, as you guys would know, there's so many different numbers and data that you can access for your business not all of it needs to be something that you need to be looking at all the time. And if you're someone who's not really into data and stuff, just looking at four or five key things on a regular basis is a really good starting point if they match in with what you're trying to achieve. So yes, that is basically a process that we go through for creating market strategy. And then we get to do it. (laughs) So we're in a completely different world to where we were (laughs) 10, 15, 20 years ago, right? Where everything was a lot simpler, I guess, in the marketing space. There's only so many things that you could do. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. (laughs) I'm overwhelmed. I'm actually sitting here going, wow. (laughs) Well, 2004, I finished my degree and started at my first Mark Holmes job. So it's literally 20 years for me now in the industry. It has... Mm changed a hell of a lot but it must mean that there's a lot more need for businesses to have more of a um, requirement to have more attention and focus towards that space yeah I think that's one of the things it's sort of like um, the changing face of how people actually do do business and buy from businesses etc that's really what's driving those changes as well so it's kind of like you know 20 years ago like Amazon was nowhere near what it is now sort of thing whereas retail you've got to compete with so much more than what you used to and like retail's hard man like Mm. they're going through struggles sort of thing um so yeah it's very much i think and like i think back to Mackay, like like i've lived here my whole life so going through when i was younger we always had the um cyclic nature with the mines things were up things were down things were up things were down and like you know, you were kind of used to it because it was just really quite normal. 
Um, and then we went through the boom <clears throat> and anyone could just start a business without really trying hard and get business, etc. And then when everything, you know, the bottom fell out of it, there are a lot of people who obviously, you know, didn't do well sort mm-hmm. of thing and closing up shop and all that sort of stuff. And for me, like I, you know, when I first started getting out, it was just in that from the boom to the crash sort of time. Mm. And so seeing people who leading up to that, not just the boom time, but leading up to that, were like, I don't need a website. I don't need anything, rah, rah, rah. Mm. We just get clients through word of mouth, et cetera. And that referral, that word of mouth, that stuff's not gone. It's just different now. You know what I mean? Like we don't get referrals and then just go, cool, I'm just going to call them up on the phone and book in with them. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we go and look at their website and their socials and we might talk to a couple of other people and we'll post on Facebook checking in for things and stuff. So it's just the, the nature of how people do business is different now. Um, and it's kind of like I remember when, you know, I first started working um, like in that like just after the boom time etc and things were kind of coming back and people were just like we had to convince people that they needed a website yeah yeah <laughs> and like that was super fun um and people wouldn't pay for a marketing plan whereas like that's one of our top products yeah now. Mm-hmm. but you know back then people wouldn't pay for your marketing strategy um yeah. they were just expected it from you sort of thing because they never needed one before yeah. they understood advertising yeah if i need something i'll advertise but then that space got so cluttered and there were so many more options and it's kind of like well you have to have a strategy to figure out where you're going to put your money otherwise you spend a lot of money and you don't get anything in return yeah so. i was going to say because on the flip side of that it's we've got so much nowadays how do mm. you know as a business owner as to where you need to actually be spending your time in the marketing space yeah what are the channels that you shouldn't shouldn't use it's just going back to those goals man so it's like what are you trying to achieve and who's going to help you achieve them Mm -hmm. where are they so we need multiple touch points i think google's last study was like 11.7 or something touch points with someone before they'll do business with us Mm -hmm. obviously that's an average and it varies based on you know b2b and b2c etc but you know, we know ourselves, it's not very often we just see like an ad in the paper or a post on social media and then go, you know what, I'm going to go buy a, I was going to say a $1,500 tractor then. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure they're going to be more expensive than that. <laughs> Showing off my agricultural knowledge. Um, no, but, you know, we don't make those kind of purchase decisions like that quickly. Like, I mean, I'll admit, I've had a glass of wine or two on a Friday night and bought, bought magnetic lashes <laughs> off Instagram. <laughs> It was a very convincing sales page. No, they were not. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I wear glasses. (laughs) Um, Oh, God, that was terrible. So, yeah, you might make some stupid purchases um, just as a once-off, but most of the time you need multiple touch points. Mm. So if if you know who you're trying to reach, figuring out where they are, showing up there and being awesome. So it's a bit of a spider web. So even if you think, oh, you know, no one's, you know, looking at this posts that we've put out there or you know you feel like no one's really paying attention to it it's not necessarily the case because it's all coming together as as one correct man exactly and it's sort of like even though a lot of businesses we like quantity is important quality still reigns at the end of the day when it comes to leads for a lot of us a lot of us don't need a hundred new clients signing up to us every month we would probably die if that happened Mm -hmm. you know so if we like for us if we get you know like i know three clients a month or something that's probably all I can really sustain as far as growth goes. And those months when we do get more, it you know, you if your service level drops, you lose people. So mm. it's a real balancing act kind of thing. So, 
you don't actually need to have 15, you know, we don't need, I keep going 1,500. We don't need <laughs> heaps of people seeing your stuff all the time if it's the right people. Um, and people do that a lot of that with like email marketing and stuff too, where it's like they might have, say, a database of 400 mm. and then they're like, oh, only 80 of the people opened our email. And I'm like, well, if you were talking in front of those 80 people at an event, talking about your business and how you can help them or whatever it is, do you think that would be significant? You know what I mean? Like when yeah. things are digital and we just think of it as a number, we forget that it's actually people. Yeah. yeah. You know, so if your That's post only, only got 250 people, boo-hoo. You know what I mean? Like 250 people saw your post. Mm. Yes, every now and then you'll get a post where it's like 5,000 plus and you're just like, holy crap, that's amazeballs. But, <laughs> sorry, but, you know, like for a lot of B2B, we don't have those massive kind of audiences because we just work with other businesses and stuff. Mm. But, yeah, it's those numbers are actual people. So it's still, it's still, it's still worthwhile doing. Um, and especially when you, like, you know, you can use benchmarking, for example, so LinkedIn analytics and meta analytics, you can benchmark your pages against other, um, like similar pages and stuff. It's so interesting to find, like, we don't do local competitors. We have benchmarked ourselves across some of the bigger digital marketing, um, for educators, et cetera, cause that's the, you know, the angle I'm going for. Mm. And I just want to see what they're doing more than, like, I'm not going to compare to someone who's got 2.5 million followers, um, but the amount sometimes like when they'll like some of their weeks or whatever compared to our weeks and I'm like, God, my engagement like as a percentage is way over yours compared to how many likes and stuff we have. You know what I mean? Mm, so you can yeah. kind of go, you might not think that you're doing that well, but when you look at how others are doing, sometimes it can bring a little bit of reality in the situation. You're like, maybe I'm doing better than I thought. Yeah. 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 And can, I think um, at times it can be hard for business owners to think about <coughs> this um, because they are looking at numbers, right? Mm. So, um, do you do do you have any opinion or do you do any work with your clients around um, what a good spend is on marketing? I know that the average might be somewhere around about ten percent, but what's a what's a good level of spend if you're trying to achieve a good revenue growth? Yeah, we don't really have any formulas and stuff that we work through. Like so, when I was in uni, etc., it used to be between five and ten percent of your revenue. I think mm. um, that was meant to be your marketing budget and stuff. But I mean, no offense for thing like that. But numbers are just numbers, man. You know what I mean? Like it's sort of if you're in maintenance mode, then you might only need to be investing in a few things and stuff. Yeah. If you're ready to be gearing stuff up, you're going to have to chuck some money into that to make it happen. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like if you don't have the time, you need to have the money, you know, to, to sort of buy someone else's time. So I don't have a percentage rule that I do with it. A lot of our marketing, like people who come to us, 99.9% .9 of the time, they'll be like, I don't have an idea of budget. And I'm like, cool, man, I'm the same. Like I'll go to someone and they're like, oh, you know, we're getting some signage done. They're like, what's your rough budget? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works for me. Yeah. Um, one of my mentors told me recently that people do tend to, we have sort of roundabout ideas in mind, mm. and but we don't like expressing it because it's not really founded on anything. So yeah. we don't feel confident in telling people. Um, but also we don't want them to just use the max number. So mm -hmm. it's like a protection thing. But she said for most people, if you come to them and you're like, it's going to cost this much, if it's under or around what they were thinking, then it's an easy yes for them. Yeah. Which is why, you know, sometimes the team, like, will work out a quote. They're so funny. God, I love them. Um, 
and they'll be like, oh, my God, this has come out to quite a lot. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's a lot of work. Like, it's, <laughs> I mean, they could do it themselves if they want, but if they want to pay us, we're not half-assing it. We're going to do it well, and it's going to take time. So they'll tentatively send the quote off, and then the amount of times things will come back in, like, half an hour. Cool, can, when can we get this started? <laughs> yeah, and are, yeah. We literally just had this conversation the other day and one of them is just like, I can't believe she just approved like a $2,500 quote in less than five minutes. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know why you're still surprised. We have this conversation all the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's where the value is, right? So, and I love love the way that you've expressed that because – I'm, we're, we're numbers nerds, so you got to remember yeah, that, sorry, right? Not so, <laughs> what you guys do is so important. I know, but here's the nerd part, okay? So, the the customer <laughs> relationship management software that we use, which is Salesforce. Oh yeah. I was looking at surveys because I was interested. I I know nothing about marketing, Jade. Let's just be very clear about this. Nothing. That's why we've got Kerry, <laughs> who is our wonderful woman, does all this internally, and obviously we pay <laughs> to have experts in this space as well too. But um, the the software that we we use it's a platform that provides um businesses with the ability to do business really uh it was interesting statistic and it said 43 percent of their revenue is what they spent last year on marketing and i was like wow Wow. that's a huge number right because when you think about like so many businesses like wages tend yeah. to be such a massive that's right they usually make up a big chunk of that yeah. but but we, we I wonder if that was a one-off if they're really doing that no no so the, and, and we're talk, so again nerd in me having a read through <laughs> all of this went wow how does this actually then relate to and it's there's no direct correlation can this you know premises straight up but how does this relate to revenue growth and these are some of the and it's not that it wasn't just them there was atlassian there's a couple of these major co- corporations in that space and the fintechs as well um making big spends on their marketing budget but also had massive amounts of revenue growth Mm -hmm. and you know they they might just be in the right sector and they've got all these other things that are going on for them as well too but it's kind of where the energy flows Mm. that's going to get you that revenue growth right for nothing in a lot of things in life and it's sort of and while you know we can all be scrappy and do what we can do etc um you know there's nothing wrong with having a go at things yourself but it is also when you like I know for me personally like I'm just about to sign up to a PT yeah so I have not prioritized my health for 40 years um you know it took a lot of time and money to get this physique (laughs) but I'm I'm gonna have a crack at actually giving a shit about my health um and so my first thing was like well obviously if I haven't all this time been able to do that I'm going to engage somebody and it's like you know it's an expense and all that sort of stuff and it's my time it's like I pay for them but I still have to do the work that's right that sucks but whatever um actually it's Danny and um sorry that's just (laughs) side note that's (laughs) connections um yeah and so are you like I'm going to invest that time and money to get him to help me yeah to really just do it you know what I mean and that's sort of like I don't think everyone necessarily needs to pay external people and stuff for marketing I'm really not about that but at the same time, I do know that when you actually properly invest in something, it, with whatever it might be in your life, then you're going to pay it more attention. That's right. And that's yeah. like, you know, I just wrote an article for something the other day and that's one of the, you know, my top three things for the year for marketing or whatever. And the, my main thing is always your marketing needs you. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you can't just opt out. You can't just go, oh, here's my agency or here's my in-house person or our receptionist does our socials and stuff. Like, it's no problem having people helping you, but if you're not there, if you're not a part of it, if you're not contributing, 
you know, especially at the start, it takes more. You can do less and less over time when you've got a good per- like you with Carrie. You know, mm. what I mean, like over time, you guys, she would hardly need anything from you because mm. she would know it back to front. Like, oh. but it takes time to get there. One hundred percent. But yeah. once you've got it, it makes it so much easier. And yes, I think people just kind of want to offload it at the start. But it's sort of like, no, it's not just, yeah, it's not just money. It's definitely time as well. And that's that's when you get really good marking. Like you can tell the difference when there's actually people in the business helping to drive the marketing. It's always better quality. Mm. If mm. the marketing person also knows what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jade, have you got any tips on how people can, you know, still be involved in the marketing but make it a little bit less time consuming, do it in a more efficient way? Um, because I think, you know, we're in a world where we want to get more content out, but... It just feels like you're just constantly putting your head in that space when mm. you know you've got another job to do. Um, so how do you how do you make it efficient? Yeah, cool. So first thing is definitely having a strategy. So like I said, doing that whole exercise of business goals, marketing goals, target markets, key messages and what activities you're going to do because then whatever time you do allocate to marketing is being well spent. Mm. Wasting your time doing stupid shit that you just someone was like, oh, you should have an Instagram. You're like cool, I'll just do that. You know, like that's just dumb anyway. So definitely having a strategy saves time straight off the bat Mm. and then allocating regular time. So like I was just saying to you guys before we started um, recording, I, for time allocation, I set recurring appointments for myself. That's how I get things done. I don't have Mm -hmm. to stress about when am I going to do my accounts? When am I going to work on my um, business plan? When am I going to do client work? When can I fit someone in for a meeting or whatever? I have recurring appointments so that everything's just in my calendar. And then when it pops up, you know, obviously there's some flexibility and stuff, but it's like, then I can do it. Mm. So it could be that you go, all right, for the first um, Friday of every month, that's my marketing day. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to do my content calendar. I'm going to... No exceptions. We tried this today, didn't we? No exceptions. And that's the thing. That's where having your boundaries in place is so important. So, like, at the moment, I'm pretty much the only one doing um, client meetings, like our new clients, et cetera. And so I've had to sacrifice some of our rebel time Mm -hmm. to be doing um, meetings, et cetera, to keep things moving for clients or whatever. But then we're about to hire again. We'll be back to full team. And so I will then go back to, you know, working on the business, not always in the business. Um, And that's as much, like, I think boundaries as much as being strict with others as it's being strict with yourself. Mm -hmm. But it's like anything, you know, like, you don't miss having breakfast and brushing your teeth in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, there's just certain things that you just take for a given that you're going to do. If you think that marketing is important, then just make it part of your schedule. Mm -hmm. And that's the easiest thing I think to find. That and my third one would be repurposing. So yes. People create so much stuff mm. and then they just leave it as a once-off. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, just sap everything you can out of it, man. So, like, this podcast, for example, so you've got it as a rec- audio recording. You can pull out the transcript to create a blog. You can take out any one-liners and turn them into quote graphics. Um, you know, say it was International Marketing Week, you can repost the blog as a reminder to people. Like there's just so many ways from one piece of content you can pull out 50 million things and then reuse those things wherever appropriate as well. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's just we kind of we think that once we put something out that we have to just keep churning out new stuff and that's where I think people get burnt out with it. Yeah. And it's just it's just not the case, man. And, like, we think about it too. Like, you know, from your own social media and stuff, you don't see every single post from every single mm. brand you follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So just because you put out your podcast 
you know, that Friday, doesn't mean there's anything wrong with reposting it again three months later or three weeks later because not everyone would have seen it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's sort of, and if you just put it with a different angle or a different picture, a different thumbnail, a different title, and, you know, there's all kinds of shit you can do. Just keep getting as much as you can. So when you create, you're really getting as much bang for your buck out of that piece of content rather than just new, 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 new. Because that's, mm-hmm. I think, where people just kind of get tired. That's, I mean, such, tired anyway. that's, that's a really such great smart tip. advice. I'm sitting over here feeling just so <laughs> dumb going, Stop, oh, no more wow, <laughs> I don't have to just keep creating things. I can just reuse some things. It's yes. not like a throwaway society here. <laughs> We're very much into repurposing, recycling and marketing. Um, but it is, it's not just makes sense from a time efficiency perspective. It makes sense from an actual marketing strategy perspective because it's like, you know, if you were hosting an event, you wouldn't just put one post on Facebook with here's my event and here's everything in it and then be like, hope everyone turns Done. up. Exactly. <laughs> you would be like, okay, we're going to have this guest speaker. Um, we're going to do a little video interview with them and then we're going to do um, their bio and then we're going to do a quote graphic about them. And that's just three pieces of content about the guest speaker for the event. So it's not that hard to get to the 12 touch points that you were talking about really then, is it? Yeah, exactly. It's just reusing and then thinking of different platforms and stuff yeah. too. So like, for example, LinkedIn is still an amazing space to be playing at the moment because there are so many people on it. LinkedIn is amazing at getting people to come to their platform. They've got all those little encouraging emails that give us dopamine hits of like, you know, 103 people looked at your profile this week. Do you want to see who they are? Or, you know, Tanil's just celebrating 10 years at um, Al- Almonds. Do you want to come say hello? P.S. If you don't, what a bitch you are. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like they're really good at getting people there. They've got amazing SEO. So you can tell their traffic's just fantastic. There's so many people there coming there, you know, maybe once a week, once a fortnight or whatever. It's not not like the other social media platforms. That's what's so great about it, though, is that you don't have to pay, post on there very much for people to see it because mm. they're only going on there once a week or once a fortnight. So if you're posting once a week or once a fortnight, bang, you're visible. Mm-hmm. Secondly, people are going there. They're not posting. Mm. So few, the percentage of people who are active on LinkedIn that post is crazy small. Yeah. So if you do, and it doesn't mean you can do shit, like you still have to do good quality content. But if you had a post on your Facebook page that went really well, so it's proven content, was popular, mm. repackage that with, okay, that was a corporate post. What's my perspective on it? Put a couple of lines of what you think, reuse the graphic, post it on your LinkedIn. It's not hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't do it, but it's not hard. (laughs) (laughs) So nowadays people can just pick up the phone, do a short video whilst they're on the go, on the move and post it and it's out there. And um, it got me thinking a little bit around authenticity and marketing. Do you think that's becoming even more important that what you're putting out there is so authentic for, for you, your business yeah. in this new world. 100%. We're seeing such, I mean, obviously we've got a decline in like, say, for example, um, free-to-air TV viewership and all that sort of stuff anyway, but there's such a, a pull away from anything that's overly polished, overly done. Mm-hmm. So even your big, big media channels, so like news.com.au, mm. it's not that their videos are trash, like they don't, they're not doing terrible work. But how often is the footage grainy or a bit quick? You know what I mean? Like their stuff is not, it doesn't look like a TV ad. It doesn't look like a TV spot. It just looks real and raw and quick and in the moment. And that's what people are really responding to more and more. We don't want this super polished, super, 
not not that professionalism is bad, but it's that whole thing. Yeah. yeah, when someone mm. yeah, it just looks completely staged. Yeah. People aren't responding to that as much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas if you know, you're doing a Facebook Live and your hair's a bit windswept or whatever and you're, you know, chatting about your, like, thoughts on a particular topic, that's so much more engaging than a professional news piece, which we all know is bullshit half the time anyway sort mm. of thing, you know? So, mm. and that's, and it's great because it just gives people such a low barrier of entry for being able to create their own content. You know, it's not just marketing people who can create co- cool content. Yep. Anyone can create good content. If you have an idea, just have a crack and see how it goes because it's probably going to do better than you think. Um, and like you said, that authenticity thing, you know, it's, I know it's such a buzzword now because we've been banging on about it for years, but who doesn't prefer that compared mm-hmm. to someone who is so perfect and unreachable and oh, I keep coughing <coughs> and just, you know, they doesn't seem like a real person. You yeah. know what I mean? Like same thing might be like, I cough in my podcast and I screw up words and I swear a lot and I'm trying so hard. Like, <laughs> You've yeah, done really well. <laughs> I've slept a little bit and I'm very sorry. Um, but you know what I mean? Like I find, like even when I get up and do speaking engagements, one of my first things in my mouth is always like, I'm such a dork. You're going to have to bear with me. This is just how I am. People enjoy it though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They like, can relate I don't have easier. to pretend and they like it. Everybody wins. Yeah. 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 So another big question for you. How do you get something trending? Oh, is, there a, is there a trick to this? There's a trend button. You just hit the button, right? <laughs> uh, on TikTok, they do have that behind the scenes. <laughs> so if you want something to trend, it's really about something that's going to appeal to the widest audience possible. And there's a really good chance that that's not your audience. So yeah. doing if, you, if that's all you care about is numbers yeah. and stuff like that. Like we had, so our third reel that we put on Instagram way back whenever that was when we first started doing reels had over a million views. So there is like, what, 125,000 people in the Mackay region mm-hmm. where we live, yeah. over a million views. Like, yay, it went viral. Mm. It was it's a bit of a misconception, isn't it? Because I think it was bullshit. It was all mm. like people in it because it was a job reel. For marketing. So it went crazy. Did, but did you get like a half million people fly in for that <laughs> <laughs> interview? Probably enough, no. <laughs> um, but, you know, all those eyeballs and stuff like that were not the people we were interested in. So it didn't mm. actually matter. Yeah. So yeah. as long as it's targeted. And that well, comes back to the strategy, Jane, I assume that, you know, that's yeah. not actually important. No, it's not. And I think that I guess you guys will probably feel this as well sort of thing. There's certain things in marketing that are more about your ego than actually about things of substance. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, there is <laughs> one of there is a particular marketing agency that my team um, find quite funny because they very much they're not here and they boast a lot about how much revenue they're making, <laughs> and even they know <laughs> that it's bullshit because revenue doesn't mean crap because it's like well. If your expenses are outweighing your revenue, uh-huh. you're not actually successful. Yep. So it's the same sort of thing. You can say, oh, oh, my God, there was a local media outlet here that bought likes years and years and years ago. And so they had like 10,000 likes on their Facebook page and everyone else was at like 2,000 at the stage. So we're like, we know you bought them. And no one, like, no one was reacting to their content. It was just crickets. So they had all those numbers it's not but translating it to anything meaningful for no, the business. it was just yeah. useless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was such a waste of money and time sitting back thinking, oh, cool, I've got all these people looking at me. They don't care about you. 
Whereas, you know, if you've only got an audience of 500 people and you get, you know, 20 to 30 um, engagements on every post nearly that you're doing, you are hitting it out of the ballpark Mm -hmm. compared to the 10,000 of completely deaf ears. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah, it's not really about numbers in that sense. It is definitely, that's definitely a quality over quantity one, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those call to actions are going to call that out, right? So if you're a business that, you know, does get a lot of um, traffic in terms of new clients through apps and online and everything like that, and there's a link there and you can see that it's actually getting you new business, business. Mm. that's important, right? (laughs) That's the important stat. And that's the whole thing, you know, like with your Google Analytics, it's a free tool, it's super comprehensive, tie it up to your website and when you go in there, you can see where is my traffic coming from and then what journey is that traffic taking? So, okay, through March I might have had 2,000 people from Facebook come to my page. How many of them actually went to the contact page? How many of them went to the homepage and then pissed off? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So is Facebook actually, even if I'm getting a lot of traffic there, is that really a place where I'm getting quality leads? Mm-hmm. No. So it doesn't actually matter. Yeah. You still want to have a presence there for the ones that do come through, etc. But it's just, it is about looking at the numbers. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. I love it. You brought it right back around into my world. Basically, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that was not script. <laughs> <laughs> so... Jade, what's one of the biggest challenges that you've faced in the marketing world? Um, Have you come across anything that you can't quite handle yet? (laughs) (laughs) I did delete TikTok after I had it for about two weeks. (laughs) Um, And I've got it again now, though, uh, because I was like, your algorithm is too good. (laughs) It was just like, um, took me. Um, No, I think the biggest challenge with marketing um, has not changed in the sense that there's always change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's just pretty much that the nature of business is constantly changing. Mm -hmm. The marketing industry is constantly changing. And so if you're going to be doing any kind of marketing, whether, you know, you are a marketing professional or you're a business that needs to do marketing or whatever, um, just get super comfortable with being a newbie all the time. And Mm -hmm. that's why I know I had teasing you earlier. I'm sorry for that. Um, But like (laughs) guru, expert, master, all that sort of stuff. I'm like, it's complete bullshit when it comes to marketing. Like you cannot be an expert on these things. That's like anything, right? If you're you're very good at it, it's because you're a constant learner. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, the team were talking about um, something with Reels and TikTok the other day and they're like, oh, you know, this app does this and this. And I'm like, wait, what app? Like I hadn't, you know what I mean? Like I have no idea and they've been using it for however long. Yeah. I just, because there's no way I can possibly know everything, Mm -hmm. but that's what I love. Mm -hmm. Like I love learning and experiencing and and figuring things out and stuff. That's why this industry suits me really well. Yeah. Um, But for a lot of other people, I get that marketing must just feel like a constant wheel that you never get out of and it's confusing for people because there is so much change sort of thing. But yeah, definitely the biggest challenge with marketing is trying to stay up to date with stuff because you'll never stay up to date with stuff and being comfortable with that is not something that everyone can do yeah yeah i'm just very lucky (laughs) i'm okay to be a complete novice and keep going with that that way people have lower expectations of you (laughs) oh well i think just from the conversation today we've taken so much out of that and i have no doubt that our listeners have i'm actually really excited now to go away and and use some of your wisdom so (laughs) thank you for from my side at the table (laughs) no you're more than welcome that's again one of the reasons why i love doing training and stuff as well and even just meetings and stuff with people. I just genuinely love business and marketing so much 
that that comment of like, not only did I get something out of it, but I'm actually wanting to do it. (laughs) You know, like I never want it. Now I kind of want to do it. That is just like music to my ears, man. It just makes me so happy. So yeah, yeah. and it shows. So, um, but that is all we do have time for today. So don't forget, um, Jade does have her own uh, podcast. So marketing and margaritas. Over 100 episodes now. Um, And if you think that she could help you or your business, then reach out to Rebel Nation. And thank you very much for listening. If you've enjoyed the content today, please don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Let us know your thoughts and tell us what you want to hear more of. See you next time. The opinions of the presenters are objectively ascertainable and are not intended to be financial product or personal advice. 